welcome to a new episode of This Week in Cars. Uh, we are your hosts, Justin Hong and Jaron Wong. Um, so any new updates since last week? Um, like in personal car news? <laughs> I sure, yeah. the same, that's any... the same question I asked <laughs> last week. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, we just finished working on um, a uh, Mercedes GL450. We did the uh, serpentine belt. So that was a fun job, you know. German engineering is always a, a <laughs> yep. great, a, a fun, a fun deal to tackle. Um, yeah, I got some sweet battle scars. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I, I feel like uh, every week, uh, I, I I think like before we did this podcast, I didn't realize how much goes on in car news. Oh yeah, same yeah. Right, like you may get like a magazine. And you get like a monthly update and it's like, oh, these new, car- new cars came out or whatever. But like if you follow on like a week by week basis, you realize that there's actually like the car industry is always, there's always new things happening. Yeah. And when, when you actually start compiling things. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Definitely. So uh, let's get started with our uh, first piece of news, which is the uh, Ford Bronco Raptor. And uh, we've been hearing about this car for quite a while now. And I think the uh, press has finally gotten their hands on it. And uh, I feel like it's every bit as uh, hyped as it should be. Yeah. So it looks like um, it's a, definitely a more off-road version of the Raptor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got like all the off-road goodies, like the long travel suspension. You got off-road tires um, and the body kit that makes it look off-road. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you need that body kit to fit the 37-inch uh, off-road tires it has. Oh, Otherwise, yeah. it's not going to fit under those arches. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised. I mean, like, we know the Bronco is already, like, a bona fide, like, off-road vehicle. And Ford really, like, pushed it to the next level with, uh, with that power plant. The, uh, the one that's the same from the Ford Raptor, or the uh, F-150 Raptor. So it's... Um, We've also had this discussion where this car goes directly against the um, the I think the, Wrangler the 392 power plant. It's not the same as the F one fifty Raptor, but rather like uh, the Explorer ST. Is it? I think it's um. So I, I think the F one fifty Raptor is like a three point five liter V six with like four hundred fifty horsepower. I want to say um, it's like the tuned up EcoBoost, and this one it's like a three liter. So they, I think they took oh, it from... Oh, it's similar hardware. Yeah, so they took it from the Explorer ST and they made some changes to mm-hmm. probably give us some more horsepower. So a bit over 400. Okay, okay. Yeah, but um, how many do you think we'll see of these uh, Bronco Raptors actually go off-roading and not just go like mall crawling? Um, I was watching like a donut... Uh, Dona Media's video about the Bronco um, up to speed and like I think so <clears throat> the the reason like the Bronco they, they came out with the Bronco again well they've been in development for a while um, but like uh, what was I going with this <laughs> um, I think like um, um, Ford, during its development, they really listened to the off-road community. Like, they really took feedback and did, like, a lot of market research. And um, that that means that, like, people who buy this, you know, like, 
if they were part of the market research or like you know um like they, they would recognize that this is some this has like real off-road capabilities and has the features that most off-roaders want like uh the ones that you know have been actually off-roading with the wrangler like the raptor is like verifiably like um a better off-road vehicle because like it has manufacturer support directly from the uh, off-road community so i think like so you even think though the we, we laugh, we laugh at all the more off-roading than the normal Bronco. Oh, like the Raptor compared to the Bronco. Yeah, the normal Bronco. Because mm. I, 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 like even a normal Bronco, it has some great like off-roading chops, right? Mm -hmm. Like we've seen it. Um, I think as part of the press fleet, like Ford took all these journalists and took them to a bunch of trails and yeah. had them try the Bronco. It's, we know it's really good at off-roading, but I mean for the actual customer base, I think. A lot of them will not go off-roading. But for the Raptor... Specifically for the Raptor. Yeah, for the Raptor, I think um, it'll appeal more to the people who actually go off-roading. Over the... that That's funny. Like, now that you phrase it that way, I, I feel like the people who go off-roading recognize they probably don't need that much power off-roading, you know? I get that it has, you know, the huge tires that come standard. Um... And it has the off-roading like chops. It's just like I feel like if you're really gonna go on like you know those trails that really require um, like a kind of vehicle like this, I, I think you would settle for a normal Raptor or a normal Bronco, and then like do your mods yourself, like uh, the mods you want, as opposed to like spending that. Maybe it's for someone who likes off-roading and also has like unlimited pocket, like you know, money. Yeah, they don't <laughs> want to spend the time. Uh... Like customizing their own car, mm -hmm. right? Right, exactly. Yeah. But like, you know, what's the difference between them and like real off-roaders? You know, it's like the same argument goes for what's the difference between someone who buys a tuner car and actually tunes it themselves, and, versus the person who just you know, like, buys the top of the line and, and is like, okay, I'm set. Yeah, right. That's yeah, the same. But yeah, I mean, like. This is, um, <laughs> I feel like we repeat it every single episode. Like, I think this is going to be the last, like, type of its car, you know? When the it last. comes to the last of the gas Broncos, even though it just came out. Yeah, I mean, like, EVs are taking over in every mm -hmm. segment, and off-roading vehicles aren't um, excluded from that. Right. The question is, do you think Ford will keep the nameplate for whichever EV they release for off-roading? Or are they going to call it, like, I don't know. I think they'll keep it. I the mean, Bronco Lightning. <laughs> they, they, they've, like, used a Mustang plate, nameplate, for their EV. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no way they won't have a Bronco. Hopefully it's going to be in the EV. same form as this one. Yeah. <laughs> Not like the Mustang. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to have a... <laughs> I mean, they already have a Bronco Sport, which yeah, is they, the... They the, the um, escape based uh bronco yeah so you know it can't get much worse than that <laughs> <laughs> bronco sport ev <laughs> oh man bronco What's lightning first? sport <laughs> yeah so for our next piece of news which is a pretty pretty wildly different um we have some news from the italian supercar manufacturer lamborghini who will be releasing four new Lamborghinis this, this year. Um, 
and those Lamborghinis are specifically like two different types of Huracans and then two different types of Urises. Yeah, so I think these are the last um, Lamborghinis to use internal combustion engines alone mm -hmm. without any sort of um, like electrical assistance. Right. Yeah, so I think these four new cars really appeal to the gas purists. Mm -hmm. um, so I think they'll sell well. But who... <clears throat> You know how there's like recently there's a huge increase in value for um, the uh, four, was it the, or four F four thirty, specifically the manual transmission, right? That was like the last manual uh, Ferrari. Mm -hmm. So for those who are really purists, you know, you want a gas engine, you also want a manual transmission. I, I think that, that is arguably the purest driving form, and <clears throat> those who want that for Lamborghini probably are looking for like Murcielago or like the older Lamborghini models. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, those um, those are probably like the ultra purists, right? <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's different levels there's of purism. There's different levels of purism. <laughs> <laughs> like it's an oxymoron. <laughs> yeah, but I think like probably manual versus automatic, it's not as big of a chain as from gas to EV. Mm -hmm. So I still think like these last gas-only Lamborghinis um, will probably ap appeal to uh, quite a few purists. Mm -hmm. So Lamborghini is currently owned by um, Volkswagen, the, the Volkswagen Auto Group mm -hmm. bag. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that. Um, so we know like the uh, Urus is based on the MQB Evo platform, which is their um, you know SUV platform shared with uh, the, um, the Audi Q8 and the Bentley Benteca. Um, and the Porsche Cayenne. Yeah, and the Cayenne. So, I guess we're going to probably see like a electric MQB. It's probably going to be like the e-MQB platform. And I feel like the first... Yeah, we're, we're probably going to see like um, either between Porsche and Audi have like a... Um, the first version of that platform. And then it's going to move on to the electric Urus and all that. So it's definitely in development because, you know, the Urus electric vehicle is already um, planned for uh, 2029. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the same goes for the Huracan because it's shared with the platform for the Audi R8. So we'll probably see like an electric R8 as well if we can extrapolate from this news. Yeah, um, but before that happens, we'll see some kind of plug-in uh, electrified Lamborghini. Mm -hmm. I think um, we have a electrified Urus plan for 2024, mm -hmm. and we'll plug-in hybrid. Plug-in hybrid, yeah. We'll definitely see an Uricon <laughs> um, with some kind of hybrid system as well. So, so how many uh, how many miles of range do you think we'll see from a plug-in hybrid Lamborghini? You mean electric only? Electric range? only range. <laughs> Insignificant. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a whopping 20 miles or something. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's mostly for performance reasons, right? It's a performance hybrid. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like going back to the um, 918 Spider, yeah. the McLaren P1. P1 and, and the, the LaFerrari, yeah. yeah. So, so those are like hypercars. So I think Lamborghini never had that kind of like um, plug-in hybrid hypercar. No, they didn't join yeah. it at that time. Why not? <laughs> I feel like, that was like they really missed out on that one. <laughs> yeah. But um, now they're they're catching up. Yeah, they're they're a few years late to the party, but you know, at least they're doing something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of um, 
hybrids, the uh, 2023 Toyota Sequoia is going to come with a standard hybrid powertrain. Yeah, so I think this is something that we uh, uh, heard about last week. Mm -hmm. We have the official review this week. Um, so I think the hi the hybrid powertrain is basically the I think the top of the line powertrain from the Tundra, mm -hmm. um, which Toyota calls iForce Max. And I think they call it that to um, kind of. It's like an iPhone. There's gonna be the iForce Pro, iForce Pro Max. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they don't really want to uh, market this as a hybrid, right? Because right. you know, hybrid has certain connotations, yeah. right? But iForce Max sounds like Max. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the biggest one you can get. Yeah, and you do get like the most performance. It has by far the most horsepower and torque. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's going to be like several trim models as uh, as as it has been. So like the SR5 Limited Platinum, we're also going to get like TRD Pro. So you're going to have like a Toyota Sequoia TRD Pro with the iForce Max. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think the Toyota Sequoia has been long overdue for a refresh. Oh yeah. The last one we saw was, I want to say, a decade and a half ago. And I think that's the thing, though, like, for the Sequoia and a lot of Toyota cars, like, even though they haven't been refreshed, like, you look at the 4Runner, right? They still sell, like, hotcakes, <laughs> for the most part. Yeah, I think they still Sequoia, sell super well. Sequoia's the one that's been struggling in sales, mm -hmm. probably be because it has a lot of competition from, like, Chevy, Ford, and Jeep. Um, like, 4Runners have been selling well, and that's probably their... Why they're saving a refresh forerunner for last. Right. Yeah. But Sequoia's sales have been suffering, and that's why we see this uh, refreshed version now. I think another thing to note is that the, uh, the Sequoia is going to basically take the place of the Land Cruiser. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think Toyota's kind of marketing the new Sequoia as focusing on how good it is at off-road. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of, like, uh, like the TRD Sport package, you get a lot of off-road features. And they've also um, kind of changed up the rear suspension. So the previous generation had an independent rear suspension. But for this new generation, they're using a live rear axle, which is mm -hmm. what the Land Cruiser had. Um, I think that works well for off-road, but it might not uh, be the most comfortable on-road. Right. Yeah. And we're not sure if that's because of cost reasons, probably has a factor. Yeah. Um, I know for the, uh, so they'll also have like an off road package, and that's going to come with like a locking rear diff mm -hmm. and a lot of the uh, drive modes for off roading, which is, um, you know, what the, I think that the rear diff is what really uh, a lot of the off road enthusiasts really want because uh, yeah. that helps a lot with off roading. Um, yeah. Like, I think this is um, interesting too, like with the power tr hybrid powertrain, you know, like we, we always talk about, will will a electric vehicle really last out in the mountains or whatever for um, the amount of time you need with that range? Right. Um, but with the hybrid powertrain, you know, you get that kind of like increased range because of the, um, the uh, battery pack. Um, but I guess the uh, downside to that is the weight. It's probably going to be... I, I feel like this car is going to come in at like 6,000 pounds or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or more. So at least the, it tows 9,000 pounds. The hybrid powertrain definitely adds weight, but when mm. your car is already 6,000 pounds, it it's, negligible. Yeah, it's negligible. It's <laughs> negligible. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in terms of the styling, I think I like it more than the new Tundra. Uh, so it looks like they've 
kind of toned down the grill from the Tundra a bit. I feel like it's, I, I can't recall, like, I know the Tundra had a huge grill, but that's about, like, to me, like, if you didn't show me the back half of this car, I'll be like, that could either be a Sequoia or a Tundra. Yeah, so the grill... I'd have to look at Tundra pictures to see if there's... Oh, the grill's a lot bigger. It goes all the way to the bottom. It's just a massive oh, yeah. black in front. You're right. <laughs> yeah, so... So we get a strip of white, on, or we get a strip of the body color on this yeah, car. Yeah, which it, it makes tones it, it down, right? It, it makes the grill look smaller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the other difference is that the... Um, for For this... I think it depends on the trim package you get, but like... It has like the Toyota lettering on the front. I think that that's probably the TRD Pro off-road version. Because mm -hmm. um, we've seen that on some of the uh, Forerunners too. That has like a Toyota, just like the logo spelled out. Mm -hmm. And now it also spells out Sequoia in the back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think before, before we uh, move on, there's also one more thing to note is that we finally get the uh, updated infotainment. A much needed... Um, up, uh, update for like wireless CarPlay and Android Auto on this Sequoia, so um, that's going to be really useful for whoever is uh, interested in buying this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hopefully they'll they'll they'll. Uh, I think they're pushing that out to every single car. Um, yeah, I think across the Toyota and Lexus lineup. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and for our third piece of news, uh, we've seen some more photos of the Maserati Gricale. Gracal, Gracal. <laughs> I would say Gracale. Gracale. Sounds a tap more Italian. Yeah. Gracale. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So this this is a smaller. Um, it's like a crossover um, Maserati, and it's supposed to go up against the X3 and the Macan. Mm -hmm. um, so it would slot down below below the uh, Levante in terms of sizing. Yeah. Uh, so. I think this, um, we've seen the review of this kind of delayed. So mm -hmm. um, it was supposed to come out la late last year, but now we'll see it sometime this spring. Yeah, and uh, the photos we got are uh, some really sporty winter driving, you know. To, <laughs> everyone's trying to, every manufacturer is trying to sell their um, off-road chops. Like, since when were people this interested in going i guess it's like when we're talking about like how rivian is targeting the outdoorsy people like this is you know just tagging along like oh yeah this car performs great in the snow you know yeah i mean it's like every suv they want you to think you're going to take it off-roading every sedan uh you're going to take it to the track yeah but <laughs> the i don't same know thing. like i guess i can see it you know it's like it, it it's kind of hard to imagine Maserati is like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go into the Alps. Let me take the Maserati today. <laughs> you know, like, it feels like you would just take, like, a, I don't know, any other more rugged SUV, not the Maserati, which is supposed to be refined and, you know, Italian and all that. Yeah. No one wants to be stuck in a, in a snowstorm dealing with Italian <laughs> electronics. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. Um... But I think this will probably be the highest volume seller for Maserati. Yeah. Yeah, we know like the um, the Macan is the best selling car for Porsche, mm -hmm. if not the Cayenne, but you know, like same same size. So the Levante, I don't think has done super well. I think like Maserati's lineup, like in the last few years, has been like we know they came back with the Ghibli. And that Ghibli was like a, it, it sold really well because it was like the Maserati logo, but you can get it for 60, 70 grand. Mm -hmm. But like, 
you know, when, when you step in the car, you realize this is just an FCA parts bin. So a lot of the parts are shared with like Chrysler. Um, yeah, you have that Dodge like infotainment. Right. <laughs> in terms of a power plant, you know, we're going to probably see a hybrid version of this and then also a full EV as, as usual. I think that's like the mm -hmm. par for every single new model we're seeing now. Yeah. Um, I guess another interesting fact is that it's going to be built in the same factory as the uh, Stelvio, which is uh, Alfa Romeo's SUV, because they're all under the FCA uh, brand right now. So a lot of parts sharing there, too. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be sharing platforms. The, they're going to be, you know, like sharing, I think, at least like uh, Volkswagen Auto Group <laughs> has um, differentiates the interiors a little better. But when it comes to like FCA, I think, or there's Stellantis. They're not even called FCA anymore. Yeah, but, Stellantis. Um, Stellantis, I think, shares the most parts, like, in the interior. Mm -hmm. that To a point where you can, like, you, you can recognize, oh, this stock is from some other car, you know? So, hopefully they do a better job at that, I think. But, um, you know, whatever, it helps them to uh, keep the cost down and move more units. Mm -hmm. their, their, their bean counters will decide. Um, so our next news is about Tesla. So uh, Tesla said that they won't bring uh, many of their new models to market this year. Mm -hmm. So we, we won't see the Cybertruck, the Roadster, or the Tesla Semi. Right. Or the, um, I think the $25,000 Tesla. I think the, the $25,000 Tesla at this point is just axed. I, I, don't, I don't know if we'll ever see that one. Yeah, I mean, you know. I think I think inflation will kill it. <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, well, Tesla also says they're not working on that twenty-five thousand dollars. Maybe you can calculate it like twenty-five thousand times one point oh eight, one point oh seven, one point oh eight to adjust for inflation and see how much that is. Um, <laughs> I think that's like twenty-six seven. <laughs> so we can probably see a twenty-six seven Tesla at some point. Yeah, but they're not working on that right now. You know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did see a Cybertruck. I think the bigger one was that we saw um, a concept of the Cybertruck this week. Um, and <laughs> weirdly enough, like, I think the photo was with um, Joe Rogan and um, what's his face? Jordan B. Peterson? Yeah! <laughs> this photo is Joe Rogan, Jordan Peterson, and the Cybertruck with Elon Musk. <laughs> I, I mean, that's kind of cool, but it's like kind of weird, you know? It's like... That makes the Cybertruck look really small. So, um, I think that was the biggest um, comment when everyone saw the Cybertruck like, uh, this week. Uh, and I'm not quite sure. I have to see who said it, but um, rumors are that it is 5% smaller than the uh, concept that was unveiled. But, you know, I, I think it's still... I, I think the, the more important part and the more... Um, impressive part is that they kept the shape, like the majority of the shape. Um, when the Cybertruck was unveiled as a concept, people were saying, or I think it was like the EU was saying that uh, it would be unlikely for them to keep the front of the Cybertruck because like it's fairly flat and like sharp. So if someone, if it hits a pedestrian, they're going to get like decapitated <laughs> or something, oh, yeah. you know? But um, they just increased the bumper a little bit and it's, um, <clears throat> I think it's, it's mainly retained the same uh, design, which is, you know, like a huge point for the Cybertruck. Yeah, but this is still a concept, so. Right, right. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, the, uh, 
the the delays to the uh, semi is also something that is um, pretty unfortunate. I was, um, I guess I, I could say I was quite looking forward to it because uh, you know semis are like um, this might offend truckers, but you know they're not they're not necessarily clean cars or clean trucks. Mm -hmm. It's a uh, America significantly depends on semi or trucking transportation heavily. Um, but yeah, they, I think they're a major polluter in terms of uh, vehicles. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's pretty sad. We know that there's going to be a lot of other electric semi-truck competitors that's like in the market. Like I can't remember who was the, uh, there was one that was, that was eventually they found out it was just uh, defrauding investors yeah, or something. Yeah, I think it was the Nikola. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like Tesla's first name. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and even for the Cybertruck, like, we see a lot more competitors come out. Um, so we have, like, the F-150 Lightning, the Rivian, mm -hmm. um, and also the Silverado EV. So I think all of those will probably come out before the Cybertruck does. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, like, you, we claim them to be competitors because they're both trucks. Um, but... I think something interesting was that when the Cybertruck was revealed, like someone pointed out that like the the potential buyers for these cars are actually wildly different too. Um, for the Cybertruck, it, it's not a work vehicle, you know. It's like a it's like a lifestyle vehicle. It's the same as a Rivian. I think there's there's more the Rivian and the Cybertruck are bigger competitors to each other than like um, a Ford F one fifty electric vehicle than a Cybertruck. Because no one's gonna take a cyber truck to work. They're gonna be like imagine like driving that to a construction site. Like you get you get laughed out of the out of the um, site. You know they'll be like yeah, but I don't think many F one fifty Lightning um, buyers are gonna work in their truck either. I don't know. Well, well probably not. Yeah. Um, but eventually we're gonna see electric work trucks, mm -hmm. and that's an inevitability. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we've heard that Tesla will instead uh, focus on their self driving this year um, instead of like releasing new models so I think they've said that they'll release full self-driving later this year here's here's my question though like full self-driving you know requires engineers specifically like you know um, computer vision AI engineers but what's the overlap between them and like product designers for new models you know I get it's like one thing is to focus your full efforts but like what happened to the original product designers? Did you just ask all of them? Were they on contract basis? <laughs> I think Tesla's really good at working on one thing at a time. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, I don't think they're good at multitasking and, you know. But the thing is, it's just like, it, it requires a very high level of specialization to be working on full self-driving. Yeah. And what happened to all the employees that were working on, you know, normal, like, hardware stuff, for instance? Like um, designing the car, mm. <laughs> like I'm, I'm just curious. I have no clue. I don't know. Maybe they just maybe they really just got all got axed, or they um, they were on contracts or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's kind of funny. Anyways, uh, for our final piece of news, um, we have the Gordon Murray T thirty three T point T dot thirty three T thirty three supercar. <laughs> Um, so this is a smaller version of the original uh, T50 that we saw like last year, mm -hmm. um, and it's going to come with a naturally aspirated 607 horsepower V12 
with a manual, with the available manual transmission, which is a big deal. Yeah, so this is like the cheaper version, right? Yeah, it's, it's 1.85 million only. <laughs> 1.85. Yeah. This is um, for this is for the uh, Bitcoin billionaire who uh, recently got hit by the <laughs> by the crypto drop. Can't and afford like, oh, the T50 now. Yeah, I, I guess settle, I was <laughs> settle for the T33. <laughs> I mean, Bitcoin was like fifty thousand dollars at one point. Now it's what twenty twenty five. See. Mm. Oh, it's thirty eight. So you know, your when your Bitcoin was fifty k earlier, and now it's thirty three dollars, <laughs> thirty three thousand dollars. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, I mean, I think the the reason the original one got so much buzz was because you know it was designed by um, Gordon Murray, who is the original designer for the uh, McLaren F1, and um, this is like a spiritual successor. Like after the F1, McLaren, you know, they have the uh, 650, 720, um, the Senna, which is really cool. Um, but it wasn't like I don't think it was as groundbreaking as the F1. To a certain extent, because the F1 holds so many like speed records and like all of that. Yeah. Um, I think the Senna is faster around the track, but it never really got to that kind of level the F1 did. Yeah, I think the P1 originally was supposed to be like the successor. Oh right. But right, it right. was just like it's a hybrid and it's really <laughs> fast, but it just didn't. It didn't feel like the F1. You know, like the mm -hmm. F1, you have the. Um, like the central seating position. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of really special things going on. Yeah. So uh, the power plant's going to be uh, built by, uh, supplied by Cosworth, which is, uh, you know, a legendary um, tuning company. Worked with Ford on the uh, original rally cars. Um, so, you know, in terms of power, you know, a uh, 4.0 liter V12 um, that revs up to. 11,000 RPM. Mm. It's going to be a screamer. Oh, yeah. Um, and we'll also have like two different choices of transmission. We have the manual and the automated manual mm. gearbox. Uh, but I think so far, we've seen really good take rate for the manual. Mm -hmm. Like almost everyone's been ordering the manual instead of the paddleship. <laughs> all, all like however many they sold. <laughs> I, I mean, who, who, how many people really bought the T50? I'm curious. And how many did they even, can they really produce, you know? Probably in the hundreds at most. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think the T33 is limited to 100. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as for like performance, you know, like uh, 0 to 60 and stuff. Um, uh, Gordon Murray himself, he said like he doesn't, he doesn't want to release it because he doesn't care. <laughs> and neither um, should you <laughs> to be fair like yes that is one way to look at it <laughs> but i don't know like i get maybe it's not gonna be as astounding as some of the cars that show up but this car we already know it's like i i it's not supposed to be a spec spec sheet car you know yeah it's if, if it was a spec sheet car it'd be electric honestly yeah and it's not like all-wheel drive it's have a, it has a manual mm -hmm. it won't have the best zero to 60 right but it doesn't matter yeah and uh i respect gordon murray for that that was a cool move <laughs> that was like a big dick energy <laughs> he just flops his dick down he's like yeah no i'm like you know if you want to find out buy one yourself <laughs> no so i think that wraps up our uh news for this week uh so we could move on to our 
uh, Grinds My Gear section. And uh, for this week's Grinds My Gear, um, I don't know how I came across this, but uh, I think it's pretty widely known that the Sultan of Brunei, this guy has a enormous car collection, right? Um, and he encountered some financial troubles a few years back, and now most of his cars are essentially just sitting to rot. And uh, we've we've talked about like really expensive or really highly sought after vehicles like the uh, Enzo and the uh, Carrera GT, and most of them are you know like they're they're kept in showroom condition, and that's already very sad because these cars aren't driven. Mm -hmm. But it's even worse when these cars are not driven and also left to rot. You know that's yeah. like that's like insult to injury. And I, I think that really grinds my gears. <laughs> it's kind of like those abandoned cars in uh, Dubai, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, but like, except in this case, the abandoned cars are all owned by one dude, and this <laughs> one dude doesn't have enough money to keep them in a good condition, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, why, why did I come up with Sultana Brunei? Um, oh, okay. Um, so there was a photo of, uh, actually, the backstory is too long. Um, but like someone was talking about F40s being filled with mold and um, I think the Sultan of Brunei himself, he owns like hundreds of Ferraris, literally hundreds, one person, one human with a hundred something Ferraris, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> how, why, how, <laughs> why did Ferrari let him get so many Ferraris? He's you a know? loyal buyer, right? Yeah. Um, I think he has. Oh man, if I find out the exact number, I think I'm just gonna be really upset. <laughs> he has more than he has, thirteen hundred Ferraris. Thirteen hundred. Oh, no, 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 that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. Um, he has more than seven F40s single-handedly, and um. Out of out of uh, over out of out of thirteen hundred F uh, four forties, he has seven of them, at least seven of them. So, uh, you know, I mean, maybe we should like you know start a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe to help out this guy. <laughs> maybe he can like share his cars or whatever. You know, like what what happens if he, when he dies? Like, is the is the kingdom of Brunei just gonna auction these cars off? Actually, that'd be a really cool thing. That'd be the best case scenario. For that these would cars. be yeah. So um. I don't know, is it bad to wish death upon him? <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> we're, like, we're like building up to it, like, what happens if he dies? Oh, the cards are going to go to everyone? Hmm. <laughs> well, I don't want to say I hope you die. <laughs> okay, so I think that pretty much wraps up this episode. Um, anything, any news you've uh, heard of recently? Any, any, um, anything coming down the pipeline? <laughs> um, don't think there's anything this week. Yeah, probably nothing for next week, but um, I've been I've been eyeing the uh, Corolla uh, GR, mm -hmm. so uh, we know that's gonna have the uh, Yaris power plant, and it's gonna be it's it's like the GR Yaris for the U.S. because no one, because apparently they they think the Yaris isn't gonna sell here or sell well here. So um, we've been seeing like teasers on Instagram, but I think it's it's coming soon, hopefully. Like Within, next week soon, probably. I don't know. I don't. I really don't know. Like this is like we we see teasers and they're they're teasing us, but as far as when, you know, like 
it's just something I'm, I'm excited for that I've been thinking about this week. <laughs> but um, I think that's pretty much it. Um, don't forget to uh, check us out on uh, our Instagram, TWIC Podcast, and our, on our YouTube, This Week in Cars, as well as on our website, thisweekincars.com. And uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>